Hi, and welcome to the Belated Binge Podcast. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory. I was incredibly late on, like Harry Potter, where, despite being the same age as movie Harry, I didn't read this series through till my mid-20s. Now, we're going back to Hogwarts, deep diving the books, and answering some of the hardest-hitting questions in the fandom, like, what did Dumbledore know and when? Why does Harry only learn two spells? And are there any competent adults in the wizarding world? Today we wrap up the reread of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets with Chapter 18, Dobby's Reward. In this one we do what we do at the end of pretty much all these books. Harry just saved the day and he's chatting with Dumbledore about it. Oh, and he frees a house elf named Dobby. So that's cool. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we dive in, every podcast episode of Belated Binge will have spoilers. The series did wrap up in 2007, so if you haven't read them by now, you're later than I was. Every episode will also have some adult language. Before we jump in, huge shout out as always to Free Elf patrons Alex Swetland and Hadis Navoni couple of announcements before we get started today. On a happy note, uh, I've got a couple of guest appearances on other podcasts coming up. I'll be on Pottership soon, talking about Harry and Ginny as a ship, and on Puffcast to talk Dumbledore's master plan. Keep an eye on social media for when those episodes are going to release. Uh, as far as Belated Binge is concerned, I do have to uh, apologize for how long it's taken for this episode to come out. I don't know if you noticed, but I still don't sound quite right. I got uh, um, I got sick. It wasn't COVID, uh, in case you cared. <laughs> but I, um, I, I'm just getting over a, a sickness, and to be honest, it's getting, um, it's getting harder and harder to make this podcast happen when healthy. So um, while just throwing it out there now, I, I have no interest in killing Belated Binge. Um, right now I'm struggling to commit to being super consistent with releasing episodes and um, and when Prisoner of Azkaban is actually going to uh, get underway. So uh, I'll have updates for you on that with uh, social media as well. And obviously, if you um, if you feel strongly that you need the podcast in your life sooner than what uh, I'm, uh, than than what is coming, please reach out. Um, let me know. I I always wanted this podcast to become more of a community. Um, and right now, if I'm transparent, there's uh, only a couple of you that are all that uh, all that active and um, and engaged with the conversations that are happening. So um, if if you have been quiet this whole time uh, and you uh, and you're missing the podcast, uh, if it takes me a minute, then please, please let me um, let me know. And if you um, get through, seasons one and two of the first and second books of the Harry Potter series and you've got feedback on the show format um things you like about the podcast the parts that um I guess the parts that you uh that you really uh, engage with uh in in the parts that you don't love I'm also open to that feedback because um when when recording does resume, I do want to make sure that the podcast episodes that you're hearing are tailored to your ear. Um, it's this is 
this is for you. So uh, if you've got stuff you like, let me know that. If you got stuff you don't like, let me know that too. Um, that being said, um, you know, even even though I, I might be stepping away here for a bit to, to focus on some some family stuff, I, I am a I'm a father and a husband first, and that's where my focus is right at this moment. Um, this podcast is always going to be secondary to family, and you know that that's that won't change even if by some miracle it went viral overnight and all of a sudden there are millions of you hearing this right now. It would still come second uh, to my family. That being said, I do truly hope that belated binge outlives even me. Uh, I hope you enjoy this final chapter episode of Chamber of Secrets as well. So as always, in case you were obliviated, obliviated, or you got your Hogwarts letter late, let's shove our faces in that white liquidy substance of our pensive. Back in chapter 17 of Chamber of Secrets, well, Harry saved the fucking wizarding world again. This time, from the reincarnation of a terrifying teenage Voldemort who would have been brought back to life by a weird soul life force transfer from Ginny Weasley, Harry's future wife, and we wouldn't get Albus Severus or Cursed Child. Hmm. I'm rethinking who I was rooting for at the end of this book. These are jokes, people. Uh, Side note, technically, Ginny has had Voldemort's soul inside her. Harry has Voldemort's soul inside of him. Does that make them soulmates? Ah, again! These are jokes. So now, let's dive into the events of today's chapter, and we'll kick things off with the opening reading. For a moment, there was silence as Harry, Ron, Ginny, and Lockhart stood in the doorway covered in muck and slime, and in Harry's case, blood. Then, there was a scream. Jenny! Priority. Incan chapter. We've reached the point where our wands connect. Not the tips, just the streams. So we can recap what went down in the chapter we just read this week, Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, chapter 18. Dobby's reward starts off with a scream, Mrs. Weasley sees her little girl very much not dead. After the initial shock and celebration of a living, breathing Ginny, everyone wants to know how Harry managed to save her life. You know, minor curiosities. Harry explains everything. I will spare you the total recap because you read the same book I did. He gets to the part where they found the entrance to the chamber, and Professor McGonagall is like, that's all well and great, but get to the point. How the hell are you not dead? And I think we were all kind of thinking the same thing. Harry tells him about Fox and and the sorting hat and all of that, and he's, he's telling this whole story, and he's trying to leave Ginny in the diary out of it. How's this plan supposed to work out? Um, I don't really know. I kind, I get it. He's trying to not draw attention to Ginny's role because, well, technically Ginny's been acting out as the bad guy in this book the whole time. But um, the reason he's doing it is just bonkers to me. 
What if they expel her? The concern about expulsion in these books is beyond ridiculous, and the penalty seems kind of extreme. So I've got some like super surface level questions, and then we can kind of move on. One, is Hagrid's wand snapped when he got expelled because he was essentially convicted of manslaughter or myrtle slaughter? Newt has a wand and clearly has a full education because he's damn good with it. Grindelwald still had a wand when he was expelled from Durmstrang, I believe, and if, if you're expelled from one school, can you move to another school? Like, say someone's expelled at 11 like Ginny. Would her wand be snapped? How does she not develop an Obscurus if that's the case? She's so young. I don't... And she's... Like, she has magic. It needs to get out. And a school principal has now taken away the only way she knows how to channel it. At such a young age, how does she learn to control it? I didn't... Uh, anyway. Back to Dumbledore's office. Harry's worried about how they're going to prove that Ginny wasn't actually responsible for her actions because she was, you know, possessed by an evil dark wizard diary memory. Dumbledore's on it. Because Dumbledore knows everything in these books. Of course. And he asks how Lord Voldemort was able to enchant Ginny when his sources tell him he's currently hiding in Albania. Record scratch moment. I'm sorry, what? Who's Dumbledore's CI? How the fuck does he know where Voldemort is right now? Voldemort's supposed to be a wisp. Hell, Voldemort's supposed to be dead, but we all know that's not the case. And how bad is Voldemort as a villain? If Dumbledore just always knows what he's doing. Even when he's, as I mentioned... Like a specter, or a spirit, or a wisp of air. Still, Dumbledore knows exactly what's going down. I mean, not enough to actually stop it. That still has to fall on the child. But, you know, semantics. Harry tells him about the diary, and Dumbledore informs the group that Voldemort used to be a brilliant student at Hogwarts, and was named Head Boy. His real name was Tom Riddle, and apparently he disappeared after he graduated and dove so deep into dark arts and physical transformation that nobody recognized him. More questions. Why does nobody know about Tom Riddle? Why is he treated like a normal student in Hogwarts and separated from Voldemort? Like, his awards are still on display in the trophy room. Why? And from Voldemort's perspective, for a second, let's take this at just flat-out face value that he chose the appearance changes he got. Was this just fucking stupid? He went from being a handsome, charming, could get away with literal murder because he could just sway anyone except for Dumbledore to a super creepy looking snake man who couldn't step into a street without everyone knowing he's there and clearly a dark creepy wizard why the why why do we just need 
plot? Did we just want him to? I Whatever, I can't. Back to the diary. Ginny finally speaks and says how she wrote in it. And we get the iconic Arthur line. Never trust anything that can think for itself when you can't see where it keeps its brain. Seems like good advice. The Weasleys go immediately into parent mode and Dumbledore just isn't having that shit. He's like, don't give her shit. She needs to go to the hospital wing. Let her rest. And you know what? Good on you, Dumbledore. We don't need Arthur and Molly just piling on guilt to her. She's been through pretty much literal fucking hell and almost had her soul sucked out of her body and into a reincarnated teenage Tom Riddle. Yes, Dumbledore, I agree. I think she's earned a fucking nap. Anyways, he sends everyone but Ron and Harry out and tells Prof McGee to prepare a feast, which means call the house elves. Poor elves. At least they can plan for the other ones. Spur of the moment feast for all of Hogwarts? What the hell, Dumbledore? You were good with Ginny. You're kind of screwing the house elves here. Anyway, he reminds the boys of chapter 5 in this book, when he said if they broke any more big school rules, he'd have to expel them. Building suspense. Because if there's anything Dumbledore likes as much as purple robes and lemon drops, it's the drama. Instead, he gives them awards for special services to the school which will probably be displayed right next to Tom Riddle's in the trophy case. They also get 200 points apiece for Gryffindor, because nothing says life and death stakes like a baseless point system to create division within the student body of Hogwarts. And that's when we all remember Lockhart exists. Apparently he's not the only one whose memory was wiped because... (laughs) I forgot about him. Uh, There's a comment Dumbledore makes here. Impaled on your own sword, Gilderoy. This is the basis of my theory that Dumbledore has learned of how Lockhart created his fame by modifying the memories of real heroes and taking credit for their accomplishments. That's why Dumbledore offered him the Defense Against the Dark Arts job. He wanted to expose him as a fraud, but not in a public display, but in a teachable way to show the students of Hogwarts what not to become. He sends Ron and Lockhart away, and now he's just Harry and Dumbledore chilling in his office, like we'll see many times to come. Well, not that many. It seems like this happens a lot, doesn't it? It seems like we get the one-on-one. We get the mentor and the protege, and they're just always in lockstep, and they do a lot of these fireside chats in Dumbledore's office, but really it doesn't happen that much. (sighs) Anyway, when it does happen, it's mostly the end of the book, so obviously we must be there. First, he thanks Harry, because that's the only way that Fox could have come to the rescue, is if Harry showed Dumbledore extreme loyalty. Like, if Harry wasn't down with Dumbledore, Fox would have just been like, meh, let the snake kill him. It's my theory that in this exact moment, Dumbledore's mindset and his plan 
begins to shift on Harry. I believe that to this point, Dumbledore's been just full-on in asset collection mode. He's just been testing Harry's abilities because he only has eyes for one thing destroying Voldemort by any means possible, and he knows that Harry is going to be the key to that, but he's got to figure out how. In this moment, when he realizes the loyalty that Harry showed to him personally, he begins to actually care for Harry as a person in a way he never has before. This is also when I believe he puts together that not only does Voldemort have a horcrux, I think he was already suspecting that, back before book one even started. But now he's got confirmation in that there's more than one. And then we have the moment he tells Harry that Voldemort unintentionally put a bit of himself into Harry. Which is choice words that's dripping in divination foreshadowing. Dumbledore tries to comfort Harry, who still cares about the sorting hat, almost putting him in Slytherin. He's like, dude, you pulled Godric Gryffindor's sword out of his own hat. You're a Gryffindor. Shut up. It's fine. Also, you shouldn't care so much, Harry. <laughs> this is the kind of the see thing that I, I don't know. I, I see why certain people in the fandom complain about house bias. Dumbledore didn't talk shit about Slytherin, but he also didn't not talk shit about Slytherin. Uh, he could have kind of killed it right then and there for Harry, but he didn't. There's still an iconic line in it, though. It is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. Also, hopefully, for Harry's sake, in the book, he doesn't grab the sword by the blade like he does in the movie, which is just fucking stupid. And as if it was written that way. Oh. Well, Lucius shows up. The moment Harry's supposed to leave. Did you think the book was over? No, of course not. We need more drama! And he brought Dobby with him, because the plot needed him there. And Lucius is just pissed that Dumbledore's back at Hogwarts. And by the way, let me go back to that Dobby thing. Why the fuck is Dobby here? And let me... Lucius Malfoy is a rich bitch wizard man from a rich bitch wizard family, old money, mansion, manor, with a house elf. In what world does he just take Dobby for strolls with him and, like on errands that he's running to freaking Hogwarts, especially when he's there to, like, try to puff out his chest with Dumbledore. Like, why, what logical reason would Lucius have for bringing Dobby in this moment? You'll never convince me that there is one. Because there isn't. Because he doesn't give any indication here that he is aware that Dobby's been sneaking off. If he thought that Dobby had been sneaking off and was using this as like a gotcha moment with Dobby and that's why he brought him here, yeah, I would get that. But I feel like that's like a needed component that was maybe cut in editing or just not 
thought of, all we thought of was like, Dobby needs to be here, so just bring him along. Like, why would he fucking do that? Anyways, um, where was I? Lucius is pissed that Dumbledore's back at Hogwarts, and we learn what we already knew. He threatened the other school governors that if they didn't suspend Dumbledore, eh, he's gonna, like, curse their families or whatever. And he tries to do a smart-ass, like, well, have you caught the culprit? And Dumbledore's like, hell yeah, we have. And then he kind of monologues at Malfoy because, you know, if anybody can monologue with the best of them, it's Albus Dumbledore. He looks him dead in the eyes, and you can tell with no doubt that Dumbledore knows damn good and well how Ginny got a hold of that diary in the first place. I don't, I don't need to recap the events of the book for you for like a third time but it's clear he knows and if he wasn't already sure Dobby's being like super obvious just to make sure that Harry isn't falling behind the plot of this book and let's be honest Harry needs it because Harry's not always quick on the uptick but since Harry is caught up he gets to do some monologuing of his own and he accuses Lucius of slipping the diary to Ginny at the bookstore. You know, after the dad fight. And Lucius admits it by his response being, prove it. He's literally saying you did it, but you can't prove it, kid. And as Lucius and Dobby are leaving, Harry crams the diary into his nasty ass sock. I've asked this before, but how big is this book? Harry fit it down a toilet drain pipe. Harry stuffs it into a sock. Are diaries in the UK just full of post-it notes? Like, I don't understand how this book is so tiny, yet you're actually supposed to, I don't know, use it for anything. Whatever. He forces his sock into Lucius's hands, who throws the sock away and is holding the mangled diary and responds the way that every mature adult would to a 12-year-old child. He tells him he's going to die, just like his parents did. That's not really the point here. The point is that he just happened to throw a sock right where Dobby was standing and set him free. Because plot. And in the movie, Lucius tries to evadicadaver the shit out of Harry for this. But in the books, he simply goes with classic physical assault of a child. But, luckily... Dobby's free now. And he puts a finger up and sends him away because apparently Dobby has way more powerful magic than Lucius does and he knows it. He says goodbye to Harry who asks him not to ever save his life again. Thankfully, Dobby doesn't listen to this shit because, well, we need the good guys to win in this series and without Dobby, that does not happen. But... We still got a little ways before we get to that book, folks. And now we've got to wrap up the book. There's a feast. Ginny's happy. Hermione isn't in a coma anymore. It's revealed that Percy has a girlfriend, just in case you still thought Ginny walked in on him playing with himself. And Harry gives Ron the phone number for the Dursley's house so that he can call him over the summer, which will certainly be entertaining later. 
And then he tells Hermione that the Dursleys are going to be pissed that he almost died, but he didn't. Which is exactly how every children's book should end. And that's it. Chamber of Secrets is in our rearview mirror. And I gotta say, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the turn that the podcast took during this book. Um, just to peek behind the curtain a little bit, and at this point I'm riffing. My my notes are uh, are long long over here. But when I started this podcast, I thought that I was gonna go with that like super deep dive, theory driven, just absorbing every comma on the page and just going berserk in nerddom with this podcast. And to a certain extent, I I still do that. Like, we do plenty of theorizing. We do plenty of speculating about what's going on. We certainly do plenty of checking in on Dumbledore and his master plan. But the thing that I started doing, I think it was... It was starting to come to fruition towards the end of the first book, but really opened up here in the second book is not taking this shit too seriously. (laughs) These are fantasy books that were written shit. We're coming up on the whole series being damn near 20 years old, and they were written for children at first, and they grow with the audience, of course, and but we kind of have a tendency i think uh in in the fandom who's like still really really locked in on the books and um and really into it to almost not want to speak ill i guess of the books in any way and i'm certainly not shitting on the books i think the books are great if i didn't this podcast never would have started it wouldn't have happened and um, and, and like, why would I waste my time if I didn't like these books, didn't love these books, but you know, what's really fun poking fun at the shit that you love. <laughs> and I, and it became a much more fun podcast for me to record when that started, because I, I'm going to tell you a little bit uh, about myself right now. I have always told people that are close to me or even the ones that I'm uh, like just cordial with or uh, met fairly recently or whatever like I like to give people shit and I like it when they give it back I like that kind of banter back and forth kind of witty humor kind of just you know poking you know, just rib poke not being like literally mean to people not bullying people like don't get this all twisted up in your head and go overboard with whatever fucking cancel culture uh you want to hear like that's not what i mean i just mean subtle jabs at the people that you care about and them subtle jabbing back it's just the kind of way that i like to interact with people Uh, i always used to tell people if i'm not giving you shit it means i don't like you and that's what i started to feel about this book If I'm not giving this book shit, it means I don't like it. And so once that opened up for me, these episodes got a hell of a lot more fun to record. Uh, And I hope 
that they got more fun to listen to because I think you still get the deep dive stuff. I think you still get the, uh, you know, speculation. I think you still get that aspect of the podcast, but I think poking fun at it just makes it a more humorous and a more fun episode. Uh, and I hope you agree, but I would love to hear, uh, hear your opinions on things. You can join the Facebook group to, um, let me know and join the chat. You can obviously follow all the social medias um, that are out there. I've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of those. Um, the The podcast is posted on YouTube, and there's there's shorts out there too. Um, it's at Belated Binge everywhere, and there's also the website, belatedbinge.com. You can leave a voicemail on there. Um, I still, even... Even if it takes me a minute to get um, to get you know season three and book three off of the ground here, uh, I'd still love to hear from you in between um, because I still I still love the uh, I still love the interaction with you when it happens. Um, I would still love for this podcast to uh, build a, a community uh, around it, and um, and that can happen whether episodes are being dropped you know once a week or. Hell, if they were dropped once a, every three freaking months, we could still talk to each other and we could still really make this a fun community. So uh, I hope that if I'm a little bit tardy on releasing, uh, we can still can work towards that and we can still build towards that together. And that would be success, I think, um, in my mind for for this podcast is for that that community to um, to be to be established and be built and be uh, engaging and interactive. And if there's different ways. If you don't love Facebook groups and you want me to start a Discord instead, like just again, tell me that. Give there are so many ways to get in touch with this podcast that I've shared for two full books now. Um if you've if you've got thoughts and if there's something that I can do to make you more uh, actively engaged in the conversation, you tell me. And and we'll We'll do it. We'll make the, um, we'll we'll make changes and we'll make uh, shifts around to, uh, to build this thing, uh, you know that that you're uh, that that's gonna be a, um, you know, impactful for you, uh, and if that even means branching out beyond Potter, I'm down for that too. This was called belated binge from the jump because I didn't intend for this to be a full time twenty four seven just from now until the end of time solely Harry Potter focused podcast anyway. So if you've got a if you've got a series that you think I should be um uh, consuming and and doing like the 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 um the review pod and the the reaction pod of you know in real time something maybe it's something new to me and we can do it fresh from the jump like if if you've got those thoughts share those too. Um I'm I'm all ears. Y'all, because it's, um, it can be, it can be a little tough guessing, uh, sitting in this, in this corner with a microphone in front of my face, uh, just hoping that what I'm doing is, is what you like. So, uh, like I said, let me know. Um, thanks as always to you and, um, obviously Alex and Hottis, uh, over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash belated binge. Bonus episodes and all that stuff there. 
uh, you can still sign up for that. That that there's plenty of uh, bonus content over there to go through. Um, thanks as always to producer Jack, who I work like a dog. <laughs> uh, forgot to say say that a few times here recently, but we squeezed it in today. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, like I said, um, you know, join in in the discussion and all the ways that uh, in all the ways that I just said. Um, thanks again for listening to Pelated Binge Harry Potter. Let's let's close this thing out with the closing reading. And it's a fitting one. And together, they walked back through the gateway to the Muggle world. <laughs>